are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned with the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. And if you guys listened to last episode, you guys probably have a good idea where I'm going with this. I told you guys what was going to happen. But per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter, at Kuka Hill, MBA. You can find me over on YouTube, at Kuz Ballroom. And you can also find me over on Detroit Bad Boys, Find articles about the Pistons. I told you guys multiple times already, but I had an article drop last week about Sekou Dumboya. 2,500 plus words. I put a lot of effort into it. We dove into a lot of film. We dove into a lot of statistics underneath the surface about Sekou's season, specifically the final stretch of him coming on really strong. So make sure you guys go check that out. But on today's podcast, we have Bryce from Motor City Hoops. As usual, he's been a regular on the podcast. Bryce, how you doing, man? I'm good, cool, man. Like always, I appreciate you having me on. And for all the listeners, go check that article out that that you wrote on, that Koo wrote on Sekou, man. That was big time. I, I checked it out. The video that goes along with it, that was really good breakdown. It's very unbiased. Like, it, it's legit. So you guys need to go read it and check it out if you haven't. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I, that, I appreciate it for real. But... Okay, so on today's podcast, we have this is the last podcast. As you guys all will know, I don't need to tell you guys. This is the last podcast before the lottery. We're recording this on the 21st, but when this is published, it will be on the 22nd, and it will be mere hours before the lottery happens, the big day. So obviously, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to ask Bryce to give us his basically his big board of his top six, since the Pistons really can't fall outside the top six. We'll go through all kinds of different scenarios that could happen, or, or like, yeah, different scenarios that could happen. We're going to tease it. Like, do the Pistons trade here? Do the Pistons do this? Do the, like, all kinds of things. We're going to tease the hell out of this lottery and show just how nervous and scared we honestly are for it. <laughs> but before we get into all that, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is, I'm sure if you guys on Twitter, you guys were aware of what happened yesterday. Um, ben Simmons to the Pistons was getting talked about amongst the Pistons Twitter. Um, I don't think anyone really was being completely serious about him going there but after the game he had and specifically the series he had you knew trade machines were going to get thrown up you knew fake trades are going to get thrown up so then of course it was it's like every fan base to be like hey with this team like ben simmons so i'm going to let bryce get take it from the bull uh take the bull from the horn here but i'll just give this quick description of it my stance from the get-go then we can dive into it more because there's a lot of stuff that happened today that really got on my nerves and i have to talk we have to talk about it but my stance from the get-go was I'm not. If I was the Pistons, I wouldn't be interested in Ben Simmons, but purely for a contract standpoint. If he if he was cheaper, I would want him. But because of his contract, I'm completely out on him. And we'll obviously dive deeper, like I said, into it. But that is my beginning stance, Bryce. I'll let you take it from here and and do it and say what you want on the whole situation. Yeah. So I mean, the the trade for Jeremy Grant, I would not be in on. You bring up a great point with the contract. The contract isn't something you would want Ben Simmons at that amount of money. My issue with all of this is, like, if you told me we could have Ben Simmons in Detroit trading him for, I don't know, not Jeremy Grant and not the rookies, like, 
that would entice me a little bit, Koo. Like I would be, I would want to look into that. Now I still wouldn't like the contract. Like to me, the Ben Simmons being the worst player ever and doesn't even belong in the NBA narrative is way, way overblown. Now I do think there's a mental aspect that makes me kind of nervous because I, I tweeted this out. I've seen college teammates' careers be ruined over a mental side of the game that they were never, never able to overcome. So if this is going to be long-term, these last three, four games in the playoffs, like affects him long-term, that is problematic. But I don't think Ben Simmons is just this awful NBA player that's not even close to an NBA starter or something. Like if he was the fourth guy on the Pistons, like you're telling me you wouldn't take that? If we had the 2021 pick, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey as the one, two, and three options, and then Ben Simmons could get added in there, you're telling me you wouldn't take that as a Pistons fan? I think I would. Okay, maybe not with the contract, but I just think it got overblown with how bad, quote unquote, he is. Yeah, I, I agree. The The whole Ben Simmons is awful thing is, it, it, now let me say this. It was said on Twitter today that I love Ben Simmons or I like <laughs> Ben Simmons. I legit do not like this dude. Like, I, I don't know, people like throwing words in my mouth. I don't like this dude. I don't like Philadelphia in general. I hate the Sixers. I legit hate them. I hate them for what they did with the process. I hate the process and I hate their whole philosophy. I don't like. I don't really like watching Ben Simmons either. He's not really interesting to watch, like for, at least for me. So I don't like Ben Simmons. I'm simply not going to be stupid and react in the moment and call the dude trash when he's not trash. So, anyways, I had to get that out. Moving on. Uh, yeah, I, the contract is really the only thing that would make it wrong for me. I think that's going to make it so tough for the Sixers to trade him anywhere. It's the fact that his contract is what it is. Uh, he has obvious limitations to his game. But I, I just want to debunk something real quick. And we can argue about this if we disagree, which is fine. If, if we disagree, we can talk about it. But I just want to debunk something I believe is completely false. Um, what the, the Ben Simmons that we saw in this series, particularly the last, what, four games, is not the Ben Simmons that has been a part of the playoffs nonstop. Yeah. This was not like a new – this is not like a normal for him that always happens. So, like, I'm bringing this up again. I brought it up on Twitter. In every series before this, so he played in 27 playoff games before this. Okay, so he had 2018 playoffs, the 2019 playoffs, the 2020 playoffs, and the 2021 play. He didn't play in 2020, uh, the 2020 playoffs, but the 2021 playoffs and then the two ones before. So he played in 27 playoff games. In all the games before this series against Atlanta, he averaged 15 points a game, 8.5 rebounds, 7.2 assists, 56% from the field, and 58% from the free throw line. Now, 58% is not good from the free throw line, but if he shoots 58%, the Sixers are probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals in five games. It's like that's probably what happens here. And my thing is, is that if he simply showed up and played how he had always played in the playoffs, this wouldn't be a conversation. Like people wouldn't be talking about trading him, whatever. He just had a really bad series. It happens to people. Um, obviously, like Bryce brought up, there's a mental aspect that you have to consider. Like maybe is he completely like messed up now in the head to where like he, the the free throws and the and all the narratives now is this going to get to him and he's going to be he's going to let that bring him down now every time he gets to the playoffs is that like going to hold him back that's a very legit concern um there's also other concerns about Ben Simmons as well obviously the fact that he can't shoot outside of like 3 feet the fact that he simply won't try to shoot outside of 3 feet uh but there it, people are going too far and this is really why I was wanting to go with it like i said it's really only the contract with Ben Simmons and I, I'm going to keep it a buck. There's some people in Detroit, and there's some smart people. Some people I really respect. Omari Sankofa, he was he was arguing with me about this. Uh, 
I won't say he was really feeling strongly either. I'm not going to speak for him, but me and him engaged in a little back and forth on it. But there's a lot of people in Detroit who are saying that Jeremy Grant is better than Ben Simmons. And I, I'm sorry. I, I know that we're Pistons fans, and I know we're supposed to write for our guys. But if we're talking about – if you take a vacuum, we're just saying, okay, who do we want? Obviously, it depends on situation and team construction. But if we're taking contracts out, I, I, I promise, I don't believe there's a single person outside of Detroit saying that Jeremy Grant's better than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a defensive player of the year candidate. He's an incredible playmaker. He can, When he's aggressive on offense, he can be hard to stop getting to the rim. Obviously, that's not even part of it. That's like not what his M.O. is. But even with that not being his M.O., uh, he's pretty damn good. He's a really damn good player, and he's only 24 years old. So I, I think if you just remove his contract, I think any team in the NBA would want probably to have him on their team if he wasn't getting paid $30 million. But the – the combination of the $30 million price tag plus his limitations is what makes it hard. Like if he was, let's say like, let's say he was on Jeremy's contract, literally give him Jeremy's contract plus his limitations. Okay. Well then his limitations are easier to take on because now you're not paying him like your number two guy. And now you, cause the thing is, I know I'm rambling a little bit. Sorry, but the thing is with Ben Simmons is that if he was getting paid cheaper, you could take on his limitations more. Cause now you can surround him with players or try to help get players that help limit uh, teams being able to take advantage of his limitations or hope you can try to help expand his game or try to put him in the best scenario with him at $30 million and someone else also like Embiid or anyone else on your team at also $30 million. It's hard to really like make the best of his situation because you're paying him for somebody who doesn't have that type of limitation and it makes it hard to make the best of it. I know I ramble for a lot, Bryce. You can go ahead and say No, no, no. You're good. I, I agree with you about the playoff. That was one of the first things that I had in my notes, Koo, was he's had, you know, in the series before this, he, he scored 22, 14, 13, 19. Had a game where he had 15 rebounds, 15 assists. You go back, he had a 31-point game in 2019, a 24-point game in his second career playoff game. Like, he scored the ball in playoff games. To your Jeremy Grant point, I don't know. I'd have to look into a little bit more. But I do think I would agree that Jeremy Grant is a better fit for this Detroit team just in general. But I know you said in a vacuum, which is a better player. And I think that would be a good debate if you took contracts and personnel and everything like that out. I, I, the one thing I agree about Ben Simmons is I do think he has to fit a specific role with the team. Like, I don't think a lot of people agree with me on this. I've said this for a few months now and I ha- hasn't got a lot of traction. I see Ben Simmons like Draymond Green. Like, that's the role I think he should be playing for a team. So you put him as like a quote-unquote four-man with – like put him in Atlanta and let him run screen and roll with with uh, Trey Young, short roll, and then now he's, you know, working that short roll, passing, finding shooters, throwing a lob to Capella like Draymond used to do in Golden State with Steph Curry. Like I know not every team has that role for a guy, but that's how I see Ben Simmons. And then he's at least a top five, if not top 10 player in the league. You can't even argue a defensive player. Excuse me. You can't even argue that. So like, like I just, there's a role for him. He's also the third highest played payer, third highest paid player on the Sixers. So he shouldn't be getting the most points on the team. That should come from Embiid and Harris. That's what those guys are paid for. Yep. I I completely agree. So, I mean, one of the, the Draymond Green thing, I really agree with. I've been saying that for a while as well. And just a real quick throw out trade offer. Uh, I was I'm already been beating the drum of send CJ to uh, to Philadelphia and send Ben back to Portland. I think that would be perfect if you got Ben with Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard. The thing is, in in Portland, 
in the playoffs, it really, and it's been talked about a lot, is that he gets trapped nonstop. Now imagine having Ben Simmons set screens for him. He gets trapped and he gives it to Ben Simmons four on three in a short roll with him yes. going, rolling towards the rim. That's like he's going to, he would obliterate teams in yes. those kind of situations. Like, stop using him as the primary ball handler, and people are going to go, well, he's a great passer. Draymond Green's a really good passer too, but they don't use him just as the primary ball handler. They put him in situations that you just described, Koo. And Philly doesn't have a guy that can be that person. But you trade him to Portland, you put two other shooters on the floor and a lob threat. They trap Dame. Like you say, now he's playing four on three. He's kicking to a shooter or he's throwing a lob to a big guy. Now, the caveat is he has to at least be able to make a 10-foot floater or go dunk on somebody. And I know that, like again, that was the mental thing that showed up in these last few games where he wasn't even making those shots. If he can't do that, then we're in big trouble here. But I, I think that was more mental than anything else and can get fixed, I think, over the offseason. All right, so before we move on, Bryce, give me your prediction. Does Ben Simmons actually get traded from the Sixers, or are we all just engaging a bunch of hoopla? No, I think he does. Like I feel like Joel called him out. Doc Rivers called him out to an extent. Um, I, I think it's legit. I know sometimes comments like that come in the heat of the moment right after the game. I, I think he gets moved. I, I think they trade him. I think the CJ thing would be fascinating for both ta- both teams, but I don't. I do not see him as a 76er next year. I I also think that because of what you said, the post game comments really what solidified it for me. When your star player calls you out, then your coach also throws you under the bus. I just find it hard to go back to that kind of situation, especially when we're talking about the mental aspect is what really like did it for him in the playoffs. And I just don't see how someone dealing with that goes back to a locker room that basically threw you under the bus after they lost in the playoffs. So I also think he's gone. Absolutely. So coming up, we're going to talk about the draft lottery and all the different scenarios that can come up. We're also going to get Bryce's top six of uh, players that obviously the Pistons only fall to six. So he's going to tell us his top six in the draft right now for each position the Pistons could fall to. But before we get to that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Michelob Ultra and it was a tough choice for me this week to pick this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. But like I told you guys on the last podcast, man, if we ended up getting one this week, which I hadn't checked yet, we did get a Michelob Ultra Player of the Week this year. I mean, this week. And it's going to 100% be Reddy Jackson with the Clippers. Like, uh, we talked about it last podcast. He's been playing absolutely out of his mind. Kawhi Leonard has been out the last few games, and Reddy Jackson stepped up. Even before then, Reddy Jackson was stepping up for the Clippers, providing a bunch of joy and happiness for the fan base over there in the Clippers to finally get into the, the Western Conference Finals, and he had a big thing to do with that. He's shooting over 40% from the from deep. He's shooting over 50% from the, from the field. He's shooting over 90% from the free throw line in these playoffs. He's playing absolutely out of his mind, and it's great to see a former Piston, especially Reddy Jackson, who dealt with so many injuries, and so many uh, criticism while he was with the Pistons, the whole Applebee's incident, like everything that Reggie has had to deal with over the last few years, for him to go to Clippers and not only play well, but be one of their top, I would say, legit three or four players on their team and coming through big in multiple critical games this playoffs, it's been a, a joy to watch this. And like I tell you guys all the time, if you're having fun playing the game, if you're having fun watching, that's all that matters. And you can tell that Reggie Jackson is having a ton of fun playing over there with the Clippers, playing with his friend Paul George, and it's been an absolute joy to watch him play well for them. So, yeah, my Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, 100%, is former Piston, Reggie Jackson. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With Credit Karma Money Spend Account, 
You can be rewarded for good money habits. And who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Only for June 8th to June 30th, you, when you make a purchase with your Credit Karma or debit card, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. So right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Again, go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Credit Karma. Money progress starts here. Okay, Bryce. So we're going to talk about the lottery real quick. Um, first, actually, I wanted to ask you this at the beginning of the podcast today, and I forgot to. So you talk about how you were a shooter in, in college and you played basketball, et cetera. Sure. Um, were you a one-two shooter or did you hop into your shot? Okay, so I saw this. I wanted to comment on it, but then you know how I am, Koo. Sometimes I get long-winded and I wasn't going to be able to say everything I wanted to. So in high school, I didn't really have anybody teach me. Um, and I went JUCO out of high school, and I still didn't feel like anybody really taught me uh, how, how to shoot it. But when I got to college, they for- – American, when I, so I went D1 after JUCO – they forced us to one, two. So depending on which way you were coming from, your inside foot was one, two. So you, I learned how to step left, right, and right, left. Now, before that, I had naturally picked up some one, two. Sometimes I would hop into it. But now I'm exclusively a one, two shooter if I went to the gym and I try to teach my kids one, two. All right. So I'm also a one, two shooter. I try to think about scenarios and I go through. I know you see me tweeting clips all the time yeah, of me, yeah. me hooping. But I try to look through clips when I was thinking about it today. I don't know why I really thought about it. It just came to me randomly. I was like, "Do I am I a one-two shooter or a hop shooter?" And I, I thought about. It. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think I can remember one time that I've I've hopped into a shot and made it." Uh, so yeah, I'm. I, I don't know. I was just curious about because I know you played high level of basketball. I wanted to see if you ever if you were a good hop shooter or if you were a one-two shooter. Yeah. I know I'm. I'm a one-two shooter. So the other one is like on, on pure catch and shoot, like when you're literally just standing there waiting, I'm still a one-two. Like I want to step in one-two. A lot of guys like to have one foot set and then just step in with the other foot. So that's another scenario. You'll have to check that out next time you're shooting or whatever. Like when not on the move whatsoever, like you're literally just standing in the corner waiting. Do you still like to go one in, one two into it, or do you have a foot planted and then you just take the one step into it? Usually, I would say I have like a foot behind me waiting okay. for me to catch the ball, and when I catch it, I bring it up into like a into a gather. I got so you. I, I think I would call that one two. I don't ever. I can't ever hop. I, I remember times I try to hop because it. I can't. I find probably I probably need to practice this to really like get better but i anytime i hop into a jumper i find myself not really correlating my my what is it called transfer of energy throughout my shot and i end up using all my arms uh, on the jump shot so i really struggle with that so yeah almost every jump shot i take i find a way to do the one two into it and a lot of times my friends would be like why are you why are you coming in from so far because i'll legit be like five feet beyond the three-point line when they pass it to me and i'll step into it and i'll be almost right on the line it's like why are you so far away from the three-point line? because i want to step into my shot right. and 
if I'm not that far away, I'll end up taking a long two, and I will not want that. <laughs> yep, but, yep. Yeah, the analytics guy in me doesn't like those long twos at all, Koo, so. No, yeah, I, I, I've taken my – I live in the mid-range. That's where I live at. <laughs> and and for, the, for the longest time, my mid-range shot was completely different from my, my three-point shot, and I would always – like it was just like a mental thing with me, I think, that as soon as I got behind the three-point line – I was I couldn't shoot my normal way, but if I legit I was one step inside the three point line, all of a sudden you saw me racing up fine. So it, it was like that for a while, but now I, I got fixed to where I just I don't really take long twos very many anymore. Got you, got you. We went on a little bit of a rant right there, <laughs> but anyways, the Pistons. This is the day, man. This is the day. So before we get into the multiple different scenarios that can happen, what is your top six big board for the Pistons right now? At each pick, one, two, three, four, five, six. We can go through it. Okay. Uh, what What's your big board right now? You want me just to go through it one through six, all six of them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm Kate at one, as everybody should be. Um, I think this is where you can have a little bit of debate. I'm Mobley at two, Jalen Green at three. Those are all absolute locks for me. Um, I won't talk about any scenarios. So if you just told me I had to go four, five, six, Suggs at four, Book Knight at five for me, and then six is really really hard for me, Koo. I change every day. Today, I'm feeling Mo- Moses Moody out of Arkansas is where, who I would put at six. Okay, so this is something I actually wanted to ask you about. because Before we dive into who you picked, I want to talk about something you did not pick. And I, I'm seeing this guy start to fall down some of the uh, the big boards. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people are still saying that it's like top five and he's in this top five. Kaminga. But I, yes, Kaminga. And I see that not very many Pittsburgh Piston fans or Piston guys really are fans of Kaminga, but still I see him mentioned as like a top five, like one of the top five prospects in here. So can you tell us why you don't have him in the top six and why you believe he may be falling, falling down other places, uh, big boards and why the Pistons you don't feel should be that interested in him in their top six uh, slot? You know, I, I, I just don't think there's enough polish to his game. Like I don't think there's a lot of work in progress, and you can say that about every guy. So that's a little unfair that like you use it for one guy, but not another. Like I just, for me, like Jalen Green, you know what the skill set it is. You can really see what he's going to do at a high level. Same thing with Mobley. Same thing with Cade. You kind of get past those guys, and I kind of looked at guys that kind of fit the Pistons a little bit more. I think this is where after the top three, I look a little bit more for fit, and I just don't know that Kaminga fills an area of need for this team. Um, Suggs doesn't necessarily either, but Book Knight and Moody, my other guys I had at five and six, really fill a need and a fit for the Pistons. And so that's why they kind of move the needle for me there. So I don't know if it's because he played for the Ignite and the season's been over for so long, but you're right. Like initially this was, you know, pegged as a top five, like super top five draft. And for me, it's a top three. It's for sure a lot of people top four. And Kaminga has just kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of guys. So before we move on to everyone else you mentioned, if the Pistons did, let's say the Pistons do fall to five or six, God forbid. Uh, but let's say that did happen. If they did come away with Kaminga, how upset would you be? I wouldn't be upset. Like I would go back to the film. I would go back to the guys I trust, like the NBA guys. We've talked about this, right? Like I'm not, I'm more about breaking down NBA games than I am college and these G League night guys. And I, I haven't even watched the overseas guys. I'm more about accumulating information from as many resources as possible. So I would go back to that and just find out what, you know, what I want to know more about this guy. Um, 
I can't say I'd be over the moon about that pick, though, Koo. I, I definitely would not. All right, so there you go. That is something I want to follow. I can't wait for draft night because he's someone I have seen steadily start to like fall out of favor with a lot of people. I've always I've been wondering why, but okay. So there is something else I want to talk about with your big board. So there are a lot of different pieces that I'm hearing between at like five or six. If the Pistons were to fall there, there's a bunch of different players I'm hearing. Can you tell us why you went with the five and six that you have right now? The book night, and I believe you said Moody. Moody why were you going with those two? Scoring, like to me, that's like it just as simple as that. You know, in my opinion, I mean, you can look at any big board coup, uh, whether it's on ESPN or these guys on Twitter or whatever, and you can literally see dudes at number five on one and number 20 on another. So these guys are all over the place. So I've gone with the guys who these draft people on Twitter that I talk to that I've got to know have told me like these guys are can be high level scores in the NBA, you know, and that's James Booknight, Richard Stamen at Mavs draft was the guy that put me on him. Um, he, uh, Moses Moody was Bryce Hendricks, who we just had on the Motor City Hoops podcast. He talked about him being an NBA level scorer. So those are the guys. That's why at five and six, like you want to know my perfect. Can we get it? You want me to get in scenarios or no? I, I, I'll wait until you tell give me the okay for that. Uh, let's hold off on the scenarios. Okay. I want to okay. make that you can make make sure you remember it because I definitely yeah. want to get into it for the final segment. But okay. there's a, just a few other questions I have about your top six, real quick. Okay, okay. You, can I ask this next one? Yeah. Okay, so like you said, I'm looking at ESPN. I think this is their most recent big board. So they have, like you said, some people at six, some people are as low as like the 20s, or whatever. So right now they got Moses Moody at 18, and where I just saw him. Where would he go? Book and Book Knight, literally. Yeah, seventeen, and then you've got so many different players in between. I've heard non like I've heard all these guys' names. I heard Kai Jones. You've mentioned him on here. Yep. I see Franz Wagner. I've seen him mentioned obviously because he's Michigan. I, I think that's the bias there. I'm not sure if he actually makes sense. But then also I've heard Davion Mitchell. I've heard Scotty Barnes. I've also heard um, Corey Kispert. Um, which are, if you had to take away Book Knight and Moody. We know that those are your two favorites. I know there's obviously the rumors that Book Knight is in high favor with Weaver. I've seen some other Piston guys also say they're fans of Moody as well. But if you had to take those guys out, out of those guys that I mentioned, like these random players you see in between here, who is the one guy you'd be like, okay, if they took this guy, I get it, and I actually would be pretty cool with it? Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson's the other one that he he would have been like he was as I was trying to figure out who I wanted to put at six. It was between Keon Johnson out of Tennessee and Moses Moody out of Arkansas. And you could honestly ask me in an hour, and I may have changed my answer to Keon Johnson. So I'm kind of teasing here whenever we get to the scenarios what I think the Pistons should do. But Keon Johnson is another guy. Um, He's a little more early stage, as you see on the ESPN thing. They talk about him being early stage of his development offensively. But I've talked to guys who think the upside is really there. So you may have to wait on it a little, little longer for him. Kai Jones is a guy, I don't know that he fits um, with Detroit quite as much, but Bryce Hendricks is a guy that loves Kai Jones, his skill set, his upside, and what he could bring to the table. And he thinks he's actually a really good fit for Detroit. So it would be those guys. I'm not very high on Davian Mitchell. If you want me to throw out a couple guys, I, I would not. Scotty Barnes, I'm out. Davian Mitchell, I'm out. I think Davian Mitchell's stock rose just because of the NCAA tournament. Um, 
those are a couple guys I would that are ranked high there on that ESPN one that I would walk away pretty upset um, if we came away on draft night with those guys. All right, so I'm going to have uh, Bryce on the podcast moving forward a lot. I'm also going to have other people on here like Hal. Maybe I might even have Bryce and Hal on here. Yeah. Once. I'll kind of get some other draft guys as well together. Uh, once we after today, after the big day, once we get solidified, we can start diving into these guys. Like I've been telling you guys, we can. You guys have been begging to get into some draft content. I'm telling you, once we find out what pick we have, then we can start. I'm, I'm going to start diving into these multiple different players. But uh, actually, it was a question I wanted to ask you, but it doesn't. I, I, okay, I'm gonna wait to hold off on that okay. question before. We, I'm, I'm gonna ask you that after we find out where we draft at. That's okay. when I ask you that. So Bet. when we come back. We're going to go through a bunch of different scenarios. Bryce, make sure you remember the scenario you wanted. We'll tackle that one instantly. So when we come back, we'll get into all that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into that, let me tell you about another few of our sponsors. First one is BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there's one problem I constantly ran into. There's so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and MLB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props and just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And then another one of our sponsors, Brock Auto. You ever need a part for your car? Head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning, just for one of the workers to tell you they don't have the part that you're looking for? I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or make a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So like I said, we're going to get into all the different draft scenarios. I don't know what is up with me in today in these, in these sponsors. I'm kind of stuttering on some of these. I'm, I've, I've been acing them recently, and now I'm starting to, today at least, I'll tongue-tied i don't know how i can do this and get so tongue-tied but uh anyways bryce what was the scenario that you really wanted to talk about before we went to the sponsors uh so i want to wait because like i feel like i might take away some from some of yours if i just throw it out there so can we just wait and if if you bring it up then i'll be like hey this is what i was talking about so let's just wait okay and if we don't get to it if i don't mention it definitely bring it up at the end yeah yeah Okay, so one of the scenarios, obviously, it's not going to be fun if we say, oh, okay, we'll have the Pistons get them one pick because, yeah. obviously, it's Kay Cunningham. Yep. Um, I feel like number two and three is kind of, like you said, it's top three, so it's probably going to be either Green or Mobley. Yep. Uh, I'll ask you I'll ask you to define why you're where you're leaning at right now with Green and Mobley later on. Okay. But one, let, let's go ahead and do this. Let's say the Pistons get four. Okay. And Cade's gone. Uh, Mobley's gone. And Green's gone. Do you, if you were the Pistons, do you want them to go with Jalen Suggs or would you? So, actually, let me put it this way: Is this going to be one of those ones like when we see they're like, okay, this team is on the clock at the bottom left, and then a team immediately you say you see it, the pick is in, or are we going to watch the timer go down to zero 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 before we see which guy they go with? 
I don't think it's a no-brainer, Koo. Like, I really don't. And I, I would say Suggs, it's hard not to make Suggs your, like, I, I think he's penciled in as your number four guy. There's been a lot of talk about book night, and I know sometimes that stuff is smoke. Like, I would not be shocked with anything that happens at four. That To me, the NBA draft in 2021 starts at number four, which is exactly why we talked about this before. We need to stay in the top three, and I'm freaking out about it right now. Like, you, every time you talk about the lottery being tomorrow, like, I just start shaking and get antsy, and my heart starts racing. We have to – the draft starts at number four. That's where it gets interesting so to answer that specific question, no, I don't think the pick is in 30 seconds after. Okay, that's 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 cool to hear. I, I like some suspense. So if the Pistons <laughs> do fall, I, I hope we get some suspense. That would be some fun. But uh, okay, here's another one. So let's say we're watching the lottery, obviously, which, by the way, Locked On Network is streaming a live show of the lottery. I'll be on there so you guys will be able to see my live reaction to whatever happens. It, it's going to be on the Locked On Network's Twitter and also on Locked On NBA's YouTube channel. So make sure you guys check that out. If you guys want to come hang out with me, talk with me, and, and see what my reaction is Absolutely. to whatever happens. <laughs> yes, you guys but, have to. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully – hopefully it's fun. <laughs> at the very, I hope it's fun. But, Bryce, okay, let's say we're watching the lottery tomorrow and we see the Pistons get announced. At four, what's your reaction? What what where where is your head? Like where are you going instantly? Like where what is your outlook after that? Like okay, this is what's got to happen. This is what I got to start looking into. Like what this is what the Pistons might need to do. Like where is your head going once you see the Pistons at four? So my head just dropped whenever you said it right then. So <laughs> <laughs> in, in complete transparency, I actually tweeted this out. I will actually not be able to watch the lottery live. My high school team. Oh my has god. A, I know my high school team has a scrimmage tomorrow. And like, as much as I love doing this with you, as much as I love doing the Motor City Hoop stuff and Twitter and the Pistons, my number right, number one priority is my guys. Like I just, I, I so I'm going to be there for my guys. We have a scrimmage. I'm trying to figure out whether I like check my phone right away or I wait and like, I, I don't know. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do this yet. But if I look at my phone or I go back and watch it live before I check Twitter, whatever I decide to do, if we get number four, I'm taking a deep dive. I'm asking everybody I know about Jalen Suggs, number one. That's the first thing I'm doing. Number two, I am going over the rest of the lottery teams and figuring out who might would want to trade up for Jalen Suggs. All right, so that is going to lead us in our next scenario because that right there I mentioned on last podcast on Monday, that is honestly the most interesting part for me. Obviously, we want to see where the Pistons land. Like, no, no, duh. That's what, we, that's what we're coming to see. But and the next most interesting thing and most important thing, in my opinion, is to see where everyone else lines up because that then that opens up, okay, you can see who would, might want to trade up. You can see who might want to trade back. You can start to, like, pencil in, guys, okay, Cade will go here. Jalen Green will go here. This Mobley fit in here where they want Mobley. Could you possibly go up and get here? Oh, could someone want Jalen? So like you said, could you trade back and get to like all kinds of different things to happen? So I guess at what pick do you think the Pistons, let's say, actually, no, I'll go with this. At what pick do you think the Pistons should start considering trading back? Okay. So this was my scenario. This was what I was going to bring up. I'm glad I saved it because, so I think at number four, it's starting at four, you'd, 
you would have to blow the Pistons away with a trade package for one, two, or three, in my opinion. Like what I think those guys are, those every one of those guys is a franchise guy, in my opinion, in different ways, but that's what they are to me. At number four, I like Suggs. I like some of these other guys, but I don't know that they're franchise changers. So at number four, you you can start looking. If I was the Pistons at number four, this is what I would do if I was Troy Weaver. I would have a deal in place to trade back somebody that maybe loves Suggs or Kaminga or something like that. But I'm not making that deal, obviously, until I'm on the clock because there's probably an outside chance that Jalen Green falls to number four. I've seen that in mocks where Suggs actually goes above Green. I think even ESPN's draft board has Suggs above Green. So there's a chance we could still get Green at number four, and I know that's who a lot of Pistons fans covet. Okay, so this is actually something I want to mention as well. So, oh crap, I literally, this is the second time we've done a podcast. I literally have a brain fart. I completely forget what I was about to ask you. Oh, wait, no, I remember now. Thank you. Um, so, if I don't know if you know the answer to this right now. I'm kind of catching you, throwing this at you off guard real quick. But is there a team or teams that you're watching for their positioning and where they end up with a lot of with their picks of, that you might that you think the Pistons might be looking at. Okay, we might want to trade with them. Is there like teams that you're looking at to wait to see specifically that you think might be open to trades that the Pistons should be engaging with? No, and that's that's one part I think after tomorrow night I want to start getting into once we see. Because here's the thing: if we finish in the top three, then all that goes out the window. So no, I to answer your question completely honestly, I haven't really looked into that very much. Like oh, so-and-so might be a good fit for this team. You know, like, like I think Jalen Suggs could be a good fit for certain teams. I, I, I can't, like, just look at, you know, I'd have to look at rosters a little bit more to know. I've looked more of that at the back end of the, of the first round about trading back into the first round than I have there with those lottery. But you have to imagine there's going to be a little bit of that, right? Like, there's a chance that the right team falls into that number three slot if we fall to number four and Suggs makes more – sense to them because they already have a big time wing score or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so I think there's, there's some situations where that could fall the right way for us. Okay. So then this next question I want to ask you is, so I, there's been something, there's been some talk about this earlier. I had someone quote me today and bring it up saying that, you know, obviously we're going to be all sad and disappointed if the Pistons fall out of the top three or whatever, if they happen to fall to five or six, but we'll then get over it and we'll be all cool and we'll eventually find the right, we will eventually find the right guy and there's a win-win situation no matter what, honestly. Um, how do you feel about a statement like that? Do you agree with that or do you think this would be a massive heartbreak and a massive letdown if the Pistons were to find, if they do find themselves outside the top three and fall, actually just falling again, honestly. I, I don't even care, honestly. To fall to three, it would be okay for me. But still, like it would be like, man, can we ever get some luck? Can we ever just like keep or stay go up? But w- would you look at it that way? Do you think you would end up finding yourself like, yeah, it sucks that we fell, but you know, we're it's going to be a win win situation. We're going to be okay, and it's going to be straight. It's not that big of a deal. Or do, are you going to be more? I'm I'm gonna admit it right now. That's not going to be me. Yeah. If the Pistons fall, I'm going to be like, my God, this was this was the chance. They finally built bought into the rebuild. They did what they needed to do the last month, and they're not even going to get rewarded for it. This was a huge miss. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Koo. So I want to preface this by saying I believe in Troy Weaver as much as I believe in a lot of things. 
and his ability to evaluate talent and construct a team. I'm not saying every decision he's made has been right or perfect. I'm just saying I trust in Troy Weaver. With that said, it doesn't matter. There's only so many franchise-changing guys in a draft. And yeah, he crushed last year's draft. But I also don't think, like, just because he crushed, like, we need a number one guy. I, so if you don't agree with that, then you won't agree with my take. This is our chance to get that number one guy. And I think it has to be one of those three, Cade Mobley-Green. Now, there may be another guy, and maybe Weaver finds him and, you know, pinpoints him and we draft him. But in my opinion, I, I nothing's a guarantee, but I, feel, I will feel very good if we end up with one of those three guys. If we don't, I'm not saying I'll walk away, like, crushed, but yeah, I'll be disappointed. Would I be excited excited about James Booknight? Absolutely. But yes, I, I will feel I will share some of your sentiment that I'll be a little bit upset, a little bit disappointed if like tomorrow night we end up at five and I just know there's no chance we end up with Cade, Mobley, or Green. Yeah, I, I 100% will be completely heartbroken, completely crushed. I've told you guys already, I, I hinted at it on Twitter, if the Pistons end up with five or six, you guys might get a podcast of like legit just dead silence for eight <laughs> minutes, eight minute segments, and just ad breaks in between each eight minute segment. That might, like you guys, that's what you guys, you, that's what you guys might get from me if they fall there. Real like, quick though, real quick, Coop, because you brought up one of these scenarios though, like I give you full credit anytime I bring it up on Twitter, the, and this is where I've had to change mine because now I see these other chances. I think we have three three swings, I guess, if you want to say, at getting our franchise guy. Tomorrow night in the lottery is the first one, obviously. Some contracts, you know, especially Blake's contract comes off next year. So free agency. And even if you don't think we can sign a big-time free agent, you bring this up all the time, Koo. This is your point. I want to give you full credit. Weaver has assembled the treasure, treasure chest to package a trade to go get a franchise guy as well. So while I'll be disappointed... Absolutely, I won't be completely devastated. All right, that's fair. And like I, like you said, I appreciate you bringing, uh, giving me credit for that. But yeah, I, I do think the Pistons are eventually uh, they they're given. Like we've talked about it before, they're getting a treasure chest of assets. I I won't be surprised they pull a trade off soon, or not soon, but like within like the next two years. I won't be shocked if that happens. But if the Pistons fall, I, I'm just going to be completely depressed. I'll be so sad and heart and just just broken hearted because. They finally bought into the rebuild. They finally tanked. They got the second most odds. I understand the top three had the same odds, but you guys know what I'm talking about. They got the second most odds, and it's just like, man, it's like, can anything ever go right for the Pistons? Can the Pistons ever just get good luck? Can they ever just like the one time they actually buy into things, they still don't get things to go their way? And this is the thing that I'm not going to say it gets in my nerves, but I feel like it's it's not the right way to think about these this thing. And I understand like the past 10 years has kind of like been evidence of this is that, Oh, well, if as long as you're good at drafting, you can get your guy anywhere. Yes. I, I know the past 10 years of the Pistons drafting makes you think that, and, and it is a, is a right statement. If you're good at drafting, you can probably find a decent player at least any like basically anywhere, probably maybe. So I know the Pistons ended up having like, you know, Stanley Johnson over Booker. Uh, what was it? You even go farther back. You got Brandon Knight over Kemba Walker. You got, um, what was the other one? Luke Kennard over uh, Donovan Mitchell. You got Henry Ellison over um, – damn, who was the – I forget who was the one in Henry Ellison's draft they ended up passing over. But, but it's been happening multiple times with the Pistons. I get why people say, well, you know, if the Pistons would have just drafted better in these drafts, they wouldn't be here. And I agree with that. I pointed that out. However, it, that doesn't change the point that it's still a lot easier to draft when you have a higher pick. 
and then and then expecting your GM to constantly make these amazing picks with lower picks is I, I just don't think it's a avenue for success because you're eventually going to mess up a pick, whether it's top three or a top five or top eight. Like eventually, you're not going to hit on every on every pick. It's not going to happen. Everyone misses. It it the the draft is a crapshoot. Weaver is going to eventually miss, and I would really like that to the odds for that to happen not to be this draft when the Pistons have actually bought into the, the rebuild and actually tanked to get this second pick. I would rather the odds of that happening not happen this draft. Please, not this one. Another one, like next year when they actually are trying to be a little bit better and they already have, like, let's say they get their top three pick, they have their guy, they have their core, and then they go to try to add someone else and they miss. At least they have their core now. They still have their core. They miss. It sucks, but they have their core. They have their guy. I would rather them not miss on the, on the draft they're supposed to be getting their guy. I'd rather have the best chance possible. That All that other stuff that you guys are saying to me, like, I get it. it. It may be, like, somewhat logical, I guess, but it, I, I'm i not trying to hear that for this draft. Not this one. Yep. Not after what they did this past season. Please, not this one. Everything's gone the way it's supposed to. We just need one more night. Tomorrow night, or tonight, I guess, if you're listening to this, the 22nd needs to go our way. You know, a lot of things I feel like went well for the Pistons this year. Last year's draft, the hiring of Weaver, all that stuff, like, we need this. The ping pong balls need to bounce the right way. I'm I'm all in, Koo. I think they're going to bounce our way. I think we're going to get what we deserve. I man, I, hey, can I, I ask a so, question? Man. Can I ask for some advice from you? And then I guess any listeners. So, what if you were me and you were my situation tomorrow? How would you handle that? Like, would you oh, check I, your phone? Would you check I, your phone I, during the middle of the talking, As soon as you were talking, I already I was going to ask you: Is your wife going to be there at the scrimmage? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have our kids with, I don't know. She might come watch for a little while. Like our kids are kind of, no, my kids have a baseball game, so she won't be there. No, it'll just be me. Oh, I was going to say, if it was me, I would, I would, I was literally thinking about this in my head as you were talking the entire time. I was just thinking out this scenario where like, okay, if I was doing this, if I was in this, like coaching this scrimmage and the Pistons lottery was going on, I wanted to know what happened. I legit would have my wife sitting across from me in the stands across. And when it happened, I'd be having her waving her hand, <laughs> giving me the, giving me the number that they picked, like holding up the number three, four, five. I'd like, that's legit what I, but, what I would but- have my girl do. My problem with that is if I find out, because I could have someone do that for me, then I'm going to be distracted. So if it's the number one, I'm going to be like going insane. Like, oh my God, we're getting Cade. Like, you know, I'm not gonna be able to focus. And if it's number six, I'm going to be big, sad. And, you know, like, you know, be there pouting on the bench and our team will be playing, you know? So like, I'm trying to decide, do I wait till after? Do I find out during? Do I record it and then go watch it after? Like, so I can still get that like in the moment thing. Like, I just can't decide how to do it. Do you trust that this is the thing though? Do you trust that if you actually record it and want to go back to rewatch it, that you're not going to have it spoiled by somebody? Yeah, I can do it because I I I, I think I cannot look at my phone, and I you got to remember I live in Kansas, so I'm not surrounded by Pistons fans. So you know, like none of my close friends, none of my players, like they know I do a Pistons podcast and stuff, and they listen to it sometimes. But I don't know that they're into it enough that they would like. How I don't know. They, it it would still show up on their phone. You're right. They're gonna ruin it, huh? Yeah, because the thing is, even if they're not piston guys, they'll. It's it's not just the Pistons lottery. It's everyone's yeah. lottery. So you're I'm right. Sure. You're right. Someone's gonna be like, oh, so and so got the number one pick. Which yeah, exactly. Know it's not the Pistons, and then they'll be like, oh, Bryce, what did the Pistons get? So I have no choice, huh? I got. I just have to look as soon as I can. 
So I think you have. I think you have to have somebody tell you. Someone has okay. to alert you of what right. happened. I'm I'm gonna have a man. I'm gonna give a manager my phone or something. I'm gonna find somebody that just that that lets me know. So oh man, I'm nervous, bro. I, gosh dang. I'm so yes. I'm legit. Like us talking about it right now. If if we were if we were uh, had the camera set up in front of us while we were recording, I've been cheesing this entire podcast. I'm like nervous, <laughs> nervous, nervous cheesing the entire time. I'm just so scared. Same, same, oh exactly the same, Koo. So, all right. Well, I guess I I guess we've talked about everything we can about this lottery, man. Now now all we can do is to sit. Wait and and see what it's, happens, man. See it's up it to the basketball away. gods now, Koo. It's up to the basketball gods. Yep, exactly. So I guess we'll just wait for that. Um, thank you, Bryce, for coming on here. It's always a lot of fun. What have you? Yeah. I, I might I might be asked if you can come on literally the day after, so we can give our yep. reactions. Uh, if you can't, we can do another day. But I, I might want you to come back on so we can talk about it. But uh, thank you again for coming on. It's always a lot of fun. I know everyone likes hearing us talk. So, but awesome. there is actually yeah. one question. There's one question I have for you real quick before we wrap up. Uh, how did you become a Pistons fan? Oh, so um, the the podcast, actually. So I've been an NBA fan my whole life, a basketball fan, obviously. And my host got a chance to do the, the podcast, and he asked me if I wanted to do it. So I'm honestly a transplant uh, coup. Like, uh, you know, that's sometimes I feel bad. I was a fan of like the the Billups. I was a huge fan of Rip and all those guys, but like it wasn't necessarily because I was a Pistons fan. Like I was just a fan of the NBA and I gravitated to those guys and that team. And so when he asked me to do the podcast, like sometimes I feel cheated because I don't have all the memories you guys have, you know, because I wasn't haven't been a lifelong live or die. Um, it's been more recent, but I, I can tell anybody who's listening. Like I am all in. I watched every single game game on my phone on League Pass. Um, I you know I didn't miss a game. I follow everybody on Twitter. You know all that. So I am all in on this, just like anybody else. But I do sometimes hate that I don't have the history that that you guys have with it. So uh, last question I have, and then we can wrap up. Um, have you ever been? To, have you ever been to Detroit before or Michigan? I have not. I have not. Nope. You got, you got, you, you got, so one of these days we got to yeah. make it like a big thing. Like if Bryce were to come out to Detroit one day or to Michigan one day, anything, we have like a live recording of like, yes. I'll record a podcast with Bryce live if he ever came to Michigan or Detroit. No, yes. I, mean, I, I want to come to a home game next year. Like I, I've only been to one NBA game in person. It was actually a Nuggets game. Um, but I, I want to come to a Pistons game. I'm going to Summer League. I'm going to Vegas solely to go watch the Pistons. I mean, I'll watch the other games too, but I'm going to the first two days of Summer League in Vegas. I ain't going to Vegas to do nothing else. I'm taking my wife. I told her to bring a friend. They can go do their thing. Um, me and my buddy, we're going to Summer League for the first two days. So I'm, I'm juiced about that um, to get to watch the Pistons in Summer League for a couple games. Yeah, that, that actually sounds like a hell of a time. I hope you guys enjoy it and have yeah. fun. But. Thank you guys for listening. We had a lot of fun recording. Once again, thank you, Bryce, for coming on here. You can follow him over at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. Fantastic breakdowns, not just the Pistons, but since the Pistons have been eliminated, a lot of good breakdowns in the NBA. Make sure you guys go check him out. I always have fun with him on here. Uh, It's the day, man. Today's the day. I hope you guys are ready. (laughs) I hope you guys are ready. Uh, I wish you guys all the best. Don't don't react too too negatively <laughs> if, if something bad happens but I, if that's all i've got for you please god please i'll see you guys later <laughs>